Sustainability. It's more, of course, than mere economic sustainability. But it's also more than ecological sustainability alone, which, thankfully, has become the focus of so many initiatives lately. To take a more holistic look at the idea of sustainability, you need to include two additional dimensions, human and social sustainability. So if you want to run a truly sustainable hospitality business, you need to A, look after your guests with excellent service for sustained economic success, B, minimize your environmental impact for ecological sustainability, and three and four, look after the well-being of your staff and the local communities you interact with for social and human sustainability. My name is Lydia Vanderbroek, and I wanted to find out what the best practices are around great service, people development, and ecological sustainability in the field of hospitality and tourism. So I talked to real people in real businesses to hear about real solutions to real challenges, and I'm happy to share their learnings with you. So if you want to become more sustainable, I invite you to listen in to our conversations and pick out some of the gold nuggets that you can hopefully then use in your own operation. And as a side note, every one of my guests has offered to make themselves available for a more in-depth conversation. So by all means, do reach out, connect, and together, let's make hospitality and tourism more sustainable. Welcome to our latest episode, where I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Hans Pister, or as you would probably say, Hans Pister. What a fantastic guy he is. He is the owner of Cayuga Sustainable Hospitality in Costa Rica, a management company of uh, currently seven small, individually owned luxury hotels and lodges in Costa Rica, Panama, Nicaragua. He also did what they always tell you in school won't happen. He actually started his company practically right after graduating from Cornell. I admire that. And he runs some exceptional properties, all with a very strong focus on sustainable development. What really got me, though, was the fact that he will actually personally answer questions from guests on the website, which in my book tells you just so much about his leadership style. But... Let's not get started here. Let's listen into the conversation in just a moment. You will find that technology kind of messed with this superb conversation towards the end. So the end is kind of rough and dry. But on the upside, the GM of one of his properties will come on this podcast shortly and we'll get to ask him the questions that were cut off from this conversation and many, many more. So welcome to this episode. Enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, Hans. Hello. Welcome from, from Germany. A warm or a, a rainy uh, welcome from uh, from Germany to Costa Rica. Uh, here we're catching you at your house in San Jose. Tell me how the weather is. Please make me make me envious for just a minute. Well, thank you for, for calling in. And uh, the weather actually today is a little bit cloudy. Uh, there's probably going to be a little bit of rain, but it's warm. You know, I'm wearing a T-shirt and... Uh, you know, in shorts as I do every day. <laughs> so even even though uh, this is the time of the year when it's a little bit wetter because we get a little bit more rain, it's still it's not cold rain. It's not November rain. What you have right now in Germany, it's it's warm and uh, 
it's actually you know my favorite time of the year is is the rainy season because everything is so lush and green it's not as hot it's uh less busy uh i i think uh, it's actually a great time to come visit november early december are, are great months to come visit costa rica it was actually the first time i was in costa rica was in november and it was indeed luscious yes absolutely but i'm not gonna i'm not going to talk about my experience in costa rica because this would be just taking over the, the front seat here, and this is not what this is supposed to be. We here, I, of course, want to pick your brain on everything that you're doing as far as sustainability is concerned. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time. Of course, I'm always thrilled to talk to people. And I, I just have a feeling that my level of being thrilled has just been lifted to yet another level because for various reasons. Number one, the Cayuga Collection just seems to embody everything that, you know, if I was sitting on a drawing board and, and draw up a sustainable hotel, let alone hotel group, it would probably be that. This is really exciting to be able to pick your brain on what you're doing and what you might be doing, maybe learn from some of the things that did not work out as usual for those people who might be interested in, you know, going sustainable. But another reason that really piques me, and that is, you know, I come from hospitality and now I've worked for over 15 years in leadership development. What really got to me is that you're taking the time to talk to me. Not only are you taking the time to talk to me, which is, you know, I'm not at the height of my uh, podcast popularity just yet, to put it one way, but I've seen you, I've, I've seen that you respond to people's mails. Uh, I've read uh, on your blog, on your internet site, you answer to people. Right. And I think this is truly remarkable. I work with leaders at all levels. Uh, that's my daily business. And honestly, I've seen, you know, assistant room service managers being supposedly busier, wink, wink, as, as you seem to be. You really seem to be taking the time. So if time allows it, I would really like to pick a little bit of your brain around your leadership philosophy or the, the kind of culture you're obviously building with your group here. So I'd like to go look at two things, of course. Let's start with you, because obviously you're doing something very, very right in this collection. Obviously, you're not doing it by yourself. You seem to be having a great and dedicated and highly engaged team. You are creating the culture very clearly. So can you give us a bit of your background, please, how you got to be where you are? Yes, I, I think I think what you mentioned in terms of culture, it's probably the one the one thing that that really has made us get to where we are. Um, we were giving a, a, a lecture uh, uh, to students at Cornell University a few years ago, where where both my business partner and I went to school, and then we got invited back by the dean to to address the the, the freshman class in, in their lecture series, distinguished lecture series. And and he, I remember he told me the dean told me. You know, strategy is overrated. It really is about culture. And that, that stuck with me. And I realized, yeah, of course, it's important to have a strategy and to execute and all of that. But in the end, it really comes down to, to the culture that you, that you build in a company that has to do with, with what you mentioned about answering people. It's, 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 you know, somebody has a question or, or needs something, you know, I get, I get messages on LinkedIn and, and on the blog and, and in emails. And I try to answer everybody, even if the answer is, like yesterday, I got a, a request from somebody, a manager in the Caribbean that wanted to come to work for us in Costa Rica and say, I'm sorry, I can't offer you a job because 
Part of our sustainability promise is that we only work with locals. So I can't hire somebody from another country that just wants to come to Costa Rica to work. You know, the, the famous expats, you know, so we have the commitment that we employ locals, not only as gardeners and maids, but as managers, as general managers, as, uh, you know, chefs, as, as everything. So, so here, here I already made one of the points of how are we at the Cayuga Collection sustainable. But going back a little bit and, and about my background, I grew up in Germany and then did an apprenticeship, you know, good old German style in the Black Forest in Taubetonbach in, in, um, in hospitality. Uh, I didn't finish the, this because I got offered the opportunity to study at Cornell University in, in Ithaca, New York, and I got a, a degree in hotel administration. And this is how I ended up in Costa Rica, because there in, at Cornell, I met my business partner, Andrea, who, with whom I founded uh, Cayuga, and also my wife, uh, Jennifer, who studied in Ithaca College. And uh, now we live here and have three children, cat, dog, house, you know, the company, the whole works. Uh, so I've been living in Costa Rica since 1994, with a short uh, interruption uh, from 97 to 99, when I went back to Germany to manage a hotel in, in Stuttgart, but then came back in 99. And since 99, uh, I've been involved in the management of small, sustainable luxury hotels. And what we're trying to do at the Cayuga Collection is find that symbiosis between luxury and sustainability. You know, how can we create luxury vacations but still being sustainable, which which sometimes you know is is not that easy, and uh, we're we're still working on 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 perfecting it. But I think every time we're getting closer, and every time we're making more progress, and so that's 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 what we do. So did I get that right? You finished hotel school, and you just started your own chain of hotels. I was working uh, four years for other people, and then uh, and then the opportunity came across came along. To, to put together the, the management company. So, so yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen right, right out of, and, and, and I think it's, it was important because that, that learning being manager of, of hotels was something that, that I just needed to, to learn and, and to experience, uh, to then be able to put the company together. Incredible. So I couldn't deduce that from the CV I found, uh, on the net. So you actually founded Cayuga Collection. Is that true? Yes. Uh, Andrea Bonilla, she's Costa Rican, and I said I met her in, in Cornell, and I together we founded the Cayuga Collection. She's a management company for small, remote luxury hotels, focus on sustainability that the big brands don't want to get involved in because it's not uh, profitable enough, it's too complicated. Uh, so that's really our niche. You know, we work with these with these small hotels that that are just not attractive to the big chains um, because they need more volume and uh, etc. Okay. And was that your original plan to make sustainability your USP? Well, when we started Cayuga, yes. You know, when we started Cayuga, uh, we, you know, the company is called Cayuga Sustainable Hospitality. That's the legal name of the company. It then turned into the Cayuga Collection, which is more of a brand name. But yes, uh, sustainability was always something that we, we thought needed to be done right because without really taking care of the nature, the people, the communities, you can't do any quality tourism because it, it very fast degenerates into, you know, explo exploiting a destination. And, and I think there's plenty of places around the world uh, that have shown that if it, if it goes overboard, if it gets too commercial, too massive, too all-inclusive, too big, 
uh, it yeah it can go really wrong and then and then the destination just tanks right you know there's nobody wants to go there anymore it's not as special anymore and costa rica has always been very particular about its its claim to fame right even in 99 i remember yeah 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 I, i think costa rica you know it's not perfect there's there's things we still need to improve and there's things we have to make sure we don't we we, we still get right but overall i think the model of of, of tourism in costa rica call it a very democratic model where you where you come here you and you go visit several destinations uh, so you're really you know not just staying in one place and, and spending all the money in one hotel you're you're really going to three four different places you know hiring local guides buying something at the local stores supermarkets uh, using local transportation and that has a very positive effect on the on the economy and on the uh, development of the of the of the people because you know everybody gets a piece it's it's not like you're booking a charter flight into an all inclusive hotel and all ex excursions are are set up previously or you're taking a, a cruise you know there the really the distribution of that tourism dollar is is never the same as it is in in, in the in the kind of tourism that i just described that we have mostly in costa rica here so you must have been quite a visionary because back in 99, that was, I mean, yes, Costa Rica, but Costa Rica was very special from the very beginning, right? So it wasn't, I mean, to say I'm going to start a sustainable hotel company yeah. was not on everybody's radar. It's not like today, not at all, right? Yeah, no, I I, I don't know visionary. I, I think there were some visionaries here in, in Costa Rica and in the region that, that really got started in the late 80s and, and 90s. And, and I really feel like we were, We were kind of, you know, those, those really first pioneers and we were taking over from them and just kind of improving what they had started uh, on a very empirical basis. I mean, the first the first lodge that we managed was started by Peace Corps volunteers from the United States in the middle of nowhere. You know, they built this lodge, did very well, but then needed, you know, some professional help. And, and so when Andrea and I came with our uh, Cornell degrees and with our experience in hospitality, We were able to bring some systems and, and some some operations uh, to those more idealistic lodges, uh, and I think that combination then really uh, created something very very special. And 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 as we've gone along through the last 20 plus years, you know, we've been able to consistently improve our systems, but also improve our sustainability efforts because sustainability you're you're never done, right? You know, it's it's not like you're okay, now I'm sustainable. No, there's always another step. There's always another challenge. We still have a long way to go. I mean, right now, you know, the world leaders are, are all sitting in Scotland meeting and trying to figure that out. And it's a, it's a complicated thing, you know, for on, on the global scale, uh, but also on the, on the small scale, you know, we, we make decisions every day where we have to say, Hmm, are we going to continue to serve beef in our uh, hotels or are we going to take beef completely off? Uh, how do we justify that people are flying in from other continents, uh, you know, throwing a lot of carbon up in the air? Uh, and, and how can we still say that we're running sustainable hotels? So there's there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of uh, issues out there that we need to continue to to deal with and, and address. So I've 
Of course, I've, I've looked up all of the good things you're doing already before we go into the challenges that are still ahead. So um, always looking at what you're offering through the lenses of somebody who might want to go a little more sustainable, right? It's not about being perfect right from the start and yep. you're never there anyway. But if I, you know, if I run a hotel or if I start a project and I want to, you know, include sustainability as part of, of, of who I am, mm-hmm. I know some of the things that you do, but what are the things, what are the measures that you take that you are most proud of maybe? What are, or yeah. maybe most proud or what are the most, uh, I guess there's so many superlatives, but how about, the, how about the things you're most proud of? Yeah, I think, I think that I'm most proud of is that our focus on sustainability has to do with people. When people think of sustainability, often they think of reducing urban footprint, electricity, water consumption, Plastic, single-use plastic, uh, recycling. Uh, they're thinking about, you know, LEED certification for buildings. You know, more, more like, you know, utilities stuff, stuff like that. And of course, we do that. You know, that's important to us. You know, we, uh, we, we try to have a minimum uh, carbon impact. You know, one of the good things, for example, here in Costa Rica, is that ninety-nine percent of the electricity is generated with renewable energy. You know, so this is something that. That, that, that makes it easy for us that, that when we do use electricity, that, that it's clean energy. Uh, we've been, you know, a lot more now, 12 years uh, or more, uh, completely single-use plastic-free in our hotels, you know, no, no plastic water bottles, no straws. So this is not a, something new that, that just became popular recently. This is something that we've been doing for a long time because uh, it's it's the only way to do. I mean, you know, to put a bottle of bottled uh, water in the room uh, that comes from the other side of the world, uh, in my opinion, is not luxury. That's baloney, right? You know, that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, so, so you, you got to make sure that in your community, the water is safe to drink, not only for the tourists, but also for the locals. You know, so that, that really has a, has a big impact. Uh, but, but once again, you know, what I'm really most proud of is, is our people focus. And, and we won, was it now two or three years ago, the uh, WTTC Tourism for Tomorrow Award. And uh, in the category of people. So uh, when the auditors came to visit our hotels to judge us, it became very clear that they were very impressed with our people culture. And uh, and again, it, it goes back to, to, to the culture. So in, in terms of people, it, it's really about not importing expats and, and bringing these people from around the world to, to do the, the leadership jobs. But investing in the locals and bringing them up to the level, teaching them that they can take those, those high level jobs. So, so we are a luxury hotel company where, you know, in now in the high season, you're paying thousand up to $2,000 a night uh, for, for a room, uh, but it's completely managed by, by locals, you know, so, so this is something I'm very happy with. And, and we've achieved that because we have created these career paths. Uh, we have created lots of training. We really focus a lot on training uh, we focus on on the benefits for the for the staff. For example, we have a, a company doctor program. And company doctor program might not seem impressive in a in a city, but if you're in a in a remote location, uh, in, in a beach community where there's hardly any any services available, you know, to have a doc- company doctor program really has a has a big impact. So so all of those things, um, this taking care of the of the staff and, and this this making sure that they're well really is something that. That I think people look at us and say, "Wow, you know, this is this is really something different," and we're seeing the incredible impact. I mean, I, I've seen 
construction workers uh, that, that build the hotel move all the way up to operations managers. I've seen a receptionist 17 years old walk into one of our hotels and uh, 10 years later, she was the general manager. I've seen a gardener that, that is right now going through the ranks, you know, became reservations, then he went to F&B. Now he's in, uh, also operations manager at, at, at one hotel. So all of those stories is, is really what I think makes the, makes the biggest difference. Um, and, and when you can really share those stories and, and show other people, it inspires them to uh, learn, to get really excited about working in hospitality because uh, there's, there's opportunities. And, and that's, um, yeah, that's, I think, what I'm most proud of. In my intro, I always say it's not just about ecological sustainability, but of course, economic as well, but also social, right? Uh, social sustainability. And, yeah. uh, you know, I used to be operations, F&B operations. That was my path back at Four Seasons Hotels. But I moved into training and development and HR then later on mm-hmm. here in Germany as well. Um, so I have a, a keen interest in, in both the operation aspect as also training and development. Yeah. So I hear you doing the career path. How do you train the people? I mean, I I hear this about expats and about the the issues that people have. Yeah. They're not they're even getting expats to certain parts of the world, right? Uh, they mm-hmm. have to pay them tons of money just so they would come, and it, it's not sustainable at all. So no. there's there's a, there's there's a fair amount of of training on the job that you can do, yes. and um, I'm well aware of that and. It's not rocket science, you know, where mm-hmm. you and I come from, you know, we, we put them into into apprenticeship for three years, mm-hmm. just to serve a cup of coffee. And there is surely something to be said about that. But you yourself left that system, of course. How do you teach management? How do you teach supervisory yeah. skills? So a, a lot of it is, is, is on the job, obviously, you know, uh, and then we have the chance to do cross-training among hotels. So, for example, we, we have expanded from Costa Rica into Nicaragua and then into Panama. I just got back yesterday from the Dominican Republic where we're looking at a, at a, at a project. So when we go into, for example, a new country, uh, what we do is, is we then bring the people from that country to our hotels and, and, and train them on the job so they know what is expected of them. And then sometimes the people from, from the hotel go on uh, you know, to train them for a couple of weeks or, or so at the hotel. So a lot of it is is really on the job by doing. We have a trainer that uh, goes from hotel to hotel to, to teach those uh, those skills. Uh, but we also, like like you say, you know, leadership and all of that. You know, I, I saw on your website that you used to work for Franklin Covey. So we are big fans of Franklin Covey, and we're we're putting all of our staff through the seven habits and the five choices and uh, speed of trust and all of those. So that, that, that goes beyond just operations because we realize that, you know, operations is easy to teach, but the leadership and, and all of those things, uh, is, is a lot harder. And, uh, and so by working with those kind of programs, we can really make a difference. Well, if you're applying the Franklin Covey programs, then of, of course it all makes complete sense all of a sudden, right? <laughs> that's, that's very nice. I got to chat up with my colleagues in Costa Rica next time. Eric Lillian Stolpe, he's in charge of it. He, he's, a, he's not only our, our trainer, but he's also become a loyal guest of our hotels because he really? <laughs> I must I must think back because, you know, I'm such a fan of Costa Rica. I'll tell you that uh, offline sometimes. So that when, I, when I've when i met the Costa Rican, and we haven't been in Costa Rica for that long, I don't, I don't think it's Franklin Covey. So when I met them a couple of years ago at a conference, of course, I 
hog them right away because I wanted to just by osmosis, you know, get a little of the pura viva. Um, but I don't remember who it was. I don't think it was Eric. I need to look it up. Uh, and, and, and I will. Okay, so that's that's how it works both ways then, right? So, I mean, you have the, the luxury, if you will, of having the different hotels where people can travel around and you have, of course, a certain uh, leverage uh, from, from having the, the hotels. What, do you, what would you suggest to somebody who just has one property? How, how should they go about it? Any thoughts on that? About training or sustainability? Yes, about training, first of all. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a little bit harder. I, but I get... It, you 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 do need some kind of probably some outside expertise. So you know I, I think it's it's a it's a matter of maybe finding somebody to help you do some some consulting, or just kind of team up with one or two other properties, like like make an alliance with hotels that are not necessarily competitors, uh, and just say hey you know I hear you have a really good food and beverage program you know can my food and beverage manager shadow your food and beverage manager for a week or two, you know, and then mm -hmm. vice versa, you know, and the other one has a good maintenance program. And so they, uh, but I think making alliances and, and, and kind of, uh, you know, working with, with other properties is, is something that I see very beneficial, of course, for us in the collection, but I would definitely recommend that for independent hotels as well. And then, you know, sign up for those training sessions. If it's Franklin Covey or, or whatever other program it is, uh, those things are, are pretty powerful and they, they really help create culture. Yes, and we need to get there as well. How about community? How about community? It's very, it's a big thing for you, clearly. And I've heard you said how important it was to understand that you're just feeding the community. And I, I read the blog where you talked mm -hmm. about the, the greenwashing, right, which enabled certain companies to just let go of staff, which is a whole different topic. And it was a complete yeah. paradigm shift to me. I must tell you, when I read this, I thought, yes, uh, this would be so this would be a, a classic greenwashing effect, wouldn't it? But it's a different story. Yeah. So uh, let, uh, let me not distract myself from my questions. So community involvement. So how do you, like if you go to the Dominican Republic, now there is a battered country if I, and, and I've never been there, I must tell you, this is just secondhand knowledge because I know all the Austrians go there for cheap vacations and I'm Austrian, right? Yes. So how would you go about going into community and just telling them to, to get them involved, right? Because it won't work without the community. Yeah. So um, obviously we were in a region of, of Dominican Republic where there is no all-inclusive hotels. It's a, it's a very undeveloped region of, of the country that we're looking at, uh, not, not the Punta Cana style, you know, where the Europeans go. Uh, but, but let me use... Let me use, uh, you know, let's say our, our existing operations, because this in, in Dominican Republic is still a project. When we move into uh, Nicaragua or Panama or even in a, in a remote area of Costa Rica, for example, we, we are operating a hotel on the Caribbean coast of, of Costa Rica in Puerto Viejo, which is a not so popular tourist mm. destination for international travelers. It's quite popular with yes. locals, but not so much for internationals. Mm -hmm. So when we when we go in, first, first of all, it's important that uh, you know all the things I said about staffing, right? You know, we we we, we really want to work with the locals, and we want to make the community better because we're there, and not exploit the community. And and then uh, that has to do with then saying, okay, what products and services can we source locally so that the you know that that the money stays in the in the community? So we we obviously try to buy everything as local as possible. 
the uh, the decor, you know, I, I really, I really drives me crazy when I go to an hotel and and I see in Costa Rica and I see, you know, all the decorations from Bali brought in, you know, the Buddhas and the, <laughs> all of that makes no sense. So uh, you know, we really try to buy all of that, all of that locally, and then um, you know, the supply, you know, food and beverage obviously is is huge. Uh, we are really, really, really focused on 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 local uh, food all the way. For example, we are part of a program called Dock to Dish uh, that connects local fishermen directly with our our chefs. The idea basically is you can't always have the same fish on the menu, you know, because if if you do that, then you're you're putting pressure on the fishermen to kind of fish only for one species and only have that. And uh, it becomes unsustainable, right? You know, because the ocean is not a supermarket. So, so the idea is that we buy from the fishermen whatever they have, what's the freshest, and then our chefs have to figure out what, how to, how to prepare that. Uh, also, not not uh, serving endangered species, of course, um, and, and and just really trying to be local. You know, I always use the example. I was invited on a conference in the. Maldives at a, at a sustainable hotel. And we were on a sandbank in the Indian Ocean, you know, having drinks, you know, after the after day of meetings and presentations. And they were serving little hors d'oeuvres. And I said, wow, what's this fish? And I said, salmon. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm sitting in the Indian Ocean, I'm standing in the Indian Ocean, and you're serving me salmon, you know, that comes from thousands of kilometers away, you know. So, so again, you know, I, I think it's it's also moving away from it's not luxury what comes from very far away. It's luxury what comes from very nearby. You know, and, and I think that's could be an advice to somebody that's that's getting started and is saying, okay, don't import the blueberries from Chile. You know, I'm talking here Costa Rica, or if you're in, in Germany, don't import the pineapple from Costa Rica and, and, and serve it in your breakfast buffet. You know, keep it local as much as you can because it's fresher, it's better, and, and the more local, the more sustainable you get. And cheaper, so it's better on the bottom line, right? So yeah, stay local. I think this is a this is so easy, right? It's so easy, it's so simple. And I guess it but it does take a little bit of consequence, I guess. Like you're talking about putting beef on the menu or not. I guess it takes a certain level of strong headedness to say, Well, let's think about Coke or uh, things that people just assume must be in a luxury hotel, right? To just say, we're not going to serve everything that you might be used from other places. Is this what you're doing? You have to, you have to make some compromises, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, when, when you go local, yes, you won't have, you know, the New Zealand lamb and the Norwegian salmon and the, you know, king crab from Patagonia on your menus. You know, that's, that's because that's just not sustainable. That, that's got way too much carbon footprint. And in the end, it doesn't make sense, you know, because if you, you know, every place in the world has really special things, you know, and, and you just have to, you know, educate also your, your guests about this. And as I, as I mentioned about our uh, doctor dish program, the fact that you're not getting the same fish all day is actually a good thing because you're getting the freshest possible fish that is being caught that day. You know, so we can't promise you that you're going to have mai mai or tuna every day, but we can promise you that you get the freshest fish possible. So that's how it works. And then there's uh, other things where we're like, okay, you know, we don't make wine in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So um, are we not going to serve wine? Yes, we do. You know, but we decided that we're only going to serve 
wines from Latin America. You know, so while this is not super local, it's at least as local as it gets. You know, so you, you get wines mostly from Chile, Argentina, but now we also have wines from Mexico, from Peru, from Uruguay. You know, so you actually get to explore a, a new wine culture, which is which is kind of fun for for a lot of our guests uh, because they're used to you know drinking European wines if they come from Europe or California wines. So so to try a wine from Mexico or from Peru that's actually of a very good quality is something that's that's very interesting. In terms of beers, you know, we have some local craft breweries, so so that that works very well. And then even some of the spirits are, are being made local. And so we try to be, you know, to use the local spirits as much as possible. But again, you know, there are certain things available that are brought in from other parts. So we're not 100% religious about this, right? You know, like, no, you can't have anything. No, but we, right. we try to, you know, every time make it more local. And as I said, it's a it's a process, you know, it, it's something that, that, that you go step by step. And, and for example, the other thing, I mentioned earlier as well is is beef. Beef obviously is is a main factor of of uh, methane output. So we have uh, first of all uh, reduced the amount of dishes dishes that we have uh, of of beef on our menu. That that it's basically you know one for lunch and one for dinner for the people that just can't live without it. But we really you know do not encourage that. We really uh, spend a lot of time upping our vegetarian and, and especially vegan uh, offerings. And for example, uh, beef, we got totally rid of in the employee food, you know, so so the, that's where we said, okay, we can really make this happen there. Um, we can give them great food, you know, really high quality food for our employees, but we can take beef out of the, out of the menu. So again, it's, it's little steps, you know, it's, it's little things, you know, if you have that awareness, you can move forward and, and get things done little by little. That would make total sense. Uh, and to discuss it with the staff, I suppose, that uh, keeps you on the way of credibility, yeah. right? Um, just have this conversation and the understanding and that gets everybody behind those decisions as well, I suppose. And, and when you talk about credibility, you know, one of the things that we've also been doing for over 20 years now is totally open our hotels, uh, the back of the house, uh, to our guests, right? You know, there's no... We're a transparent hotel. There's there's no areas of the hotel where the guests can't go. So we, we offer these complimentary sustainability tours, the back of the house tours, uh, where we take the guests whenever uh, they they're in, they show interest uh, to the laundry, to the maintenance area, to the employee eating or employee sleeping area. In some cases, where the employees sleep on property, where like when we're on an island, on a remote island. Uh, we take them to show them uh, how we produce electricity if, if we have to, how we treat our wastewater, uh, how we uh, recycle or, or try not to recycle, try to avoid in, in the first place uh, producing trash. So we, we go and, and really show them all of those things and then have them interact with the people in the back of the house uh, that normally don't have the customer contact. And what we found is that when we do that, uh, our guests turn from satisfied hotel guests into raving fans, right? You know, they just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I, and they get inspired, you know, like, oh, I can do this at home and I can do this in my company where I work, you know? So, so that's one of the things that, that I think uh, also makes a big uh, impact is once you open up your whole hotel and you're proud to show what you're doing, you know, then of course the employees are more on board because, you know, they're, they're really in the, in the middle of this. And it forces you to just really walk the talk, right? You know, if, if, if you're completely transparent, you, you can't hide. 
know, you, you gotta, you gotta have it together. Right? You don't want to hide anymore. Right. So, uh, so I heard what you said that you're the, basically, you know, the social sustainability is, is what you're most proud of. Can you share some of the ecological measures you're taking for sustainability you say how you how you mm -hmm. treat the wastewater i i read the, your, your article where you said just you know let's not recycle it's just not produce any waste which is of course a very clear yeah. thought what are some other of the things that mm -hmm. you do where i could say okay i can do this if i open the property now i can i can totally do that right away Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about single use plastic, you know, getting rid of that is, is fairly easy and, uh, and should definitely be done, uh, considering the amount of plastic that's produced. And, and also, uh, unfortunately, plastic had a comeback during COVID, you know, so, so I think it's now time to, to scale that back and, and, and go back to non-plastic. I think the, the, um, the, the idea of, of, of being energy efficient and, and low carbon is, is super important. So you want to make sure that, Uh, your water consumption, your electricity consumption is as low as, as, as possible. You know, again, there's, there's simple things you can do with, with regulating the flow of water in your devices, in the showers and, and everything. You can, you can do obviously, you know, light, uh, energy efficient equipment, lighting, air conditioning, or even, you know, build in the way that air conditioning is not necessary. You know, we have several hotels uh, that we built recently where we, where we basically say, okay, there is an air conditioning unit, but you don't really need it because there's cross ventilation, there's a ceiling fan, and, and you can be very comfortable even without, it. you know, so just giving, giving the option. You know, the luxury market, not having air conditioning sometimes becomes difficult, uh, but at least, you know, then maybe half or even more of the, of the people staying will not use it because they realize, wow, you know, if I uh, leave the screen door open and uh, I can hear the waves, I, I can hear the sounds of the birds, you know, and it's actually a, an amazing experience. Uh, and I'm not uncomfortably hot because of the cross ventilation and, 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 and other features. So that's important. Uh, the other thing is uh, many of our hotels are set in, in very Uh, in, in areas that are very rich with, with animal activity. So, so it's very important that you have your strategies there in terms of not feeding the animals, uh, not, not allowing animal selfies. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to take a selfie with a sloth. You know, that's not, it's not good for the sloth and possibly also not good for you if you get that claw uh, in your face. But, um, and, and then just making sure that the, that the ecosystems around us are intact. So we, we're really, very, very strong about uh, planting trees. You know, we've, we've planted uh, this year, you know, thousands of trees and, and, and years before as well. So this is unfortunately where, well, the conversation didn't end here, but the system stopped doing its job and we got just a bowl of spaghetti out of the audio tracks after that. So my apologies for that. As I announced, uh, one of the general managers of the Cayuga Collection, Felipe Fernandez, is coming on in one of our next episodes. I just know he's going to be able to answer the questions we didn't get to record here and many more. So I hope you're looking forward to listening to this episode as well. In the meanwhile, if you want to know more about Hans Beister and the Cayuga Collection, looking up on LinkedIn. It's the Cayuga Collection, it's C-A-Y-U-G-A, and Hans Feister is P-F-I-S-T-E-R. I hope you did enjoy what you did get to listen to. Stay awesome. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time.